welcome to the KT Literary Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Nyan. If you feel like KT Literary has no end to the exciting announcements lately, you'd be right. And today is no exception. And spoilers, I have another one next week too. We have added another fabulous agent to our team. Jazz Perry is no stranger to the publishing industry. Based in Manhattan, she's held several editorial intern positions with Levine Corrido and Scholastic's Arthur A. Levine Books. She joined me this week to talk about her publishing origin story, the books that helped shape her as a reader, and what she's excited to see in her query inbox. Enjoy! Well, hello, Jazz! Thank you for joining me on the KT Literary Podcast today. Of course, it's a pleasure to be here. I don't actually think we've gotten to speak one-on-one before, so this is great. We haven't. I'm I'm really excited that I'm doing these interviews because I get to pelt you with all kinds of fun questions and, and really get to know you. Um, you've been how long have you been working for the agency now? It hasn't even been a oh, month, right? Yeah, only a couple of weeks, although it feels like I've been here so much longer. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully in a good way. Yeah, in a great way. I'm so happy that I've finally found a home in the industry. Yeah. And when Kate told me um, that you were opening to queries already, my jaw hit the floor. (laughs) That is so fast. And I'm so excited for you. Yeah, I just wanted to hit the ground running. You know, I feel like I've been waiting for such a long time to like really get in it. And so, you know, when I have the opportunity, I just want to take it right then and there. It's amazing. So what's your publishing origin story? I feel like no person gets to publishing in the same way. What What is that for you? You're so right about that. Like I hear so many different stories and they're never, ever the same. Um, I mean, I've always loved books. I'm a lifelong reader. So I always knew that I wanted to make books, but the publishing industry was like kind of an enigma. I wasn't really sure what each position did, what the responsibilities were, how that book actually got on the shelf at a retailer. Um, But once I did some research, I was like, editing is the way to go. And like, let me tell you, I was relentless. I was in high school, like in the back of class, writing draft 35 of my resume, sending it to publishing houses, (laughs) trying to get internship positions for college grads, because apparently I just have a lot of nerve. I still do. I always feel like everything I do is so audacious, which, I mean, it's taken some time, but I've gotten comfortable with it. Um, that and is like, amazing. Throughout all of school, my spare time was really just dedicated to like applying to every single opportunity I could find and getting rejected from every single opportunity I applied to. And like by now, I'm I'm fluent in rejection. I knew starting in the seventh grade or something when I started seriously writing that it would be a weakness of mine that like anxiety Mm. about hearing criticism hearing the word no um so I was like I'm gonna dive in and I did and that email saying thanks but no it sung less and less until it was just routine so by the time I was in high school I could take a no and like keep it pushing (laughs) so after I graduated high school Um, did my freshman year in Italy, I came home and immediately got a call offering me an internship at Scholastic, which was like such a surprise, such an incredible surprise. And um, I really haven't looked back since. I was was fortunate, kind of like absurdly fortunate. Um, There are so many overqualified 
people of color who just aren't given opportunities for paid internships, which I mean, at this point are really the only way to break into the industry if you're trying to go like the editorial direction. Um, and it's nice to see that things are changing a little bit, but I'm of the opinion that it's just not enough yet. So hopefully moving forward, we'll start to see a little bit more change. I lovingly liken publishing at times to a very large ship that takes a lot of time to course correct. And, you know, I feel like there is a paid internships are probably one of the hugest ways that publishing can really help open their doors to everyone joining is to say, come, we want to give you experience and money, you Mm -hmm. know, because Mm -hmm. that's a necessity in this world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, something I saw very recently was publishers opening up to remote internships, which I'm like very, very excited about because usually since it's so centralized in New York city, only New Yorkers really have that option. Cause I mean, who's about to, who's about to relocate to New York for an editorial internship for a couple months, like on, right. the, on the slim hope that you'll be able to land a full-time position immediately afterwards. Yeah. It's, it's rough. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Remote internships and remote positions. And we've got this internet thing. Let's use it. (laughs) That's why I was so excited about this agency, like all remote, but then everyone has so much experience from all over. Um, I think it's a really good group of people and I'm so happy to be a part of this team. Well, I am entirely biased, but I can tell you that this is such an exciting growth for KT Literary. Like, oh, I'm so excited you're part of our team. It's going to be great. Um, So talk to me a little bit about your experience at Scholastic and what you took away from that and, you know, what you'll be carrying forward with you, I guess. Sure. So um, my editorial internships at Scholastic and later Levine Carrito were so valuable in that Arthur Levine and his team took me seriously from day one. Um, Once I showed them what I know about kids' books, they were happy to have me just dive in and start going through submissions, like writing up readers' reports, editorial letters directed to the authors. I went to all of the meetings. I helped prepare the editors for pitching and acquisitions worked with the art directors on picture books, learned how to negotiate contracts. At one point, I was in charge of all of J.K. Rowling's fan mail, which was crazy, but a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, Basically, whatever I personally asked to learn, Arthur said, okay, do it. And so I did. I recognize how rare that is in an internship, and I am just eternally grateful to that first publishing family because they've supported me throughout everything. I mean, they're constantly checking in with me. They know everything that's going on. I complain to them all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, those, yeah, that, that experience was very valuable. And um, I know you're interested in Daniel Jose Older, so I can tell you a little bit about how I first met him. It was Just actually I during... wanted to fangirl a little bit. <laughs> no, me too, of course. <laughs> so I met him during high school when I like insinuated myself into a book talk at Scholastic for the first Shadow Shaper. (laughs) You are amazing. (laughs) I was so intimidated. I was hiding in the back of the room. I was like 10 years younger than everyone there. And when it ended, people started to clear out. But I was kind of hanging around, like making eye contact with him. (laughs) 
and he just waved me over and it was by far the easiest conversation I'd had that day. Um, it was just another native New Yorker trying to make it in the industry. And he talked about the drafting process for book one, which took years um, hmm. as he learned how to write. And he asked me if I was a writer and the answer was yes, but I kind of shrugged it off. <laughs> and he noticed and he was like, if you write, you're a writer. So we spoke about urban fantasy and writing characters of color in YA. And he gave me his email to stay in touch. And I did periodically like update him every year or so. And by 2017, I'm like in college, interning in editorial at Arthur A. Levine Books, being trained by Daniel's editor, Nick Thomas. And um, I stuck with them for a couple of years. And I was even the first person to read the manuscript for Dactyl Hill Squad. And I remember saying like, this thing is... <laughs> This thing is weird as hell, and it is so good. <laughs> um, and now I'm in, I'm in 2020 as an agent seeking that quality of books. And I'm actually taking a writing course he's teaching in a couple weeks, too. So it's very full circle. It's surreal, but I love it. It's been, it's been a real journey. Oh, my gosh. I love that story so much. <laughs> The hate, the like after book talk hang around mm. is a really underrated networking like strategy. It really is. That's, that's how I met Kate was at what? a books a book signing thing, and I was working in editorial in a completely different world than YA, and I wanted to make the move. And my husband was like, go, go meet her. Cause I, of course I stalked her on Twitter and he was like, go introduce yourself. And I did. And 18 months later I was working for her and it changed my life. That's so. crazy. So what? yeah, to anyone who wants to get into the industry, go to book signings mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then hang around afterward and just be super awkward. Because I mean, that's the move. Like we both did it and here we are. <laughs> I guess it works. <laughs> I love that. So you you mentioned a little bit about your tastes and what you're looking for. Can you go into some detail about that? I'm very excited. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, since I read everything as a kid, like my dad worked in book sales. He was like super overqualified, super underpaid and underappreciated for the sole purpose of just providing my sister and I with the stock bookshelf as we were growing up, every single book that we could ask for. So I read anything and everything. Um, just thinking about like my blog post, a lot of, a lot of the unsettling stuff is, mm. is from my childhood. It's from like Japanese stories, like Miyazaki stories. Um, that are always beautiful, but there's always something lost at the end. And I really love mm -hmm. that. There's a little bit of sorrow in there, but it's beautiful. It's a lot about growing up and, and leaving things behind, but then also entering a whole new world. So that's why I like, you know, I listed like Pan's Labyrinth as a movie, mm -hmm. um, Spirited Away, a lot of Neil Gaiman stuff, um, a series of unfortunate events. And like I said, um, I really value the children's books that kind of recognize that adults will not always make the best decisions um, mm. because there is that, that divide when you're growing up of like, my parents are just my parents. They're not real people. Right. <laughs> so being able to see that like um, in a series of unfortunate events, 
that was really, really helpful, helpful to me, just knowing that like good intentions don't always equal the best choices. Um, but that doesn't mean that people will love you any less, you know? Um, what else? I also listed like science fiction fantasy. Um, I grew up watching The Twilight Zone with my dad and reading all of his like old Asimov science fiction magazines. Um, so I just like things that make me think, that kind of make me sit with it for a while after I'm done reading um, and, and digest and absorb. Um, if I wake up the next morning and I'm still thinking about it, like those are the ones that I love. Those are the best stories. Agreed. Um, what else? I also use a lot of plays for inspiration. Um, when I was a teenager, I wrote this play that ended up being produced at the Stella Adler Theater in Hollywood. Um, and it was directed by April Webster, who was an Emmy-winning casting director who did like Lost and all of that. Um, wow. And it featured David Castaneda. If you know the Umbrella Academy on Netflix, uh, yeah. he plays Diego. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> he's a wonderful person. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so books, plays, movies, any form of storytelling is valuable material to learn from. I'm just here in awe of you. I'm just here in awe of your audacity and your tenaciousness and tenacity. Yep. <clears throat> Words. You. I work Thank with you. them. And just your talent. This is, you are outstanding. This is fantastic. Oh, you're so sweet. Okay. So tell me this since, you know, I, it seems like we, you and I just personally have some good overlap in our taste. Yes. What was the last book you read that just blew you away? Because I'm going to put mm -hmm. it on my TBR. Okay. So Maya Marlette, who was an editor at Scholastic, acquired Leah Johnson's You Should See Me in a Crown. I don't know if you read it already. Um, I have not read it. Okay. Of course yeah, I know it. Perfect. But... So I don't want to give anything away. It's best to just read it, but Ooh. it is excellent. Okay. And Maya was also a We Need Diverse Books intern, formerly with Arthur Levine, just like me. And she just looked out for me while we were at Scholastic together. So I'm very, very fond of her taste and her crazy editorial skill and just her as a person. I mean, I was there when she pitched at acquisition for the first time. Uh, we were like the only two black people in this room full of like old white men. And it was just <laughs> scary. <laughs> but oh, she I just bet. went in. She went in and like killed it. And they yeah. acquired immediately. I was so proud of her. I was so excited. Um, that so I just, I have so much love for Maya and that book is so good. So definitely I recommend it. I will purchase it today. Yes, That's do awesome. it. Um, so I, we didn't even get into being in the We Need Diverse Books internship. Oh. How did you get into that? And what does that, did you hang around in the back of a, of a book talk for that one? <laughs> like, how did you come to that? And what did you, what did that actually entail? So that's actually a partnership between We Need Diverse Books and a bunch of different publishers and agencies. Okay. So, um, I mean, since everyone's aware that internship pay is very low, um, and it really limits the number of applicants, um, especially from all over, <laughs> all yeah. over the, the country. Um, so what they did was provide an internship grant. So if you've already landed an internship, you've gotten an offer letter, um, they will support you with a couple thousand dollars for those couple weeks for you to, you know, be comfortable as you're interning. Because um, 
that's a lot to worry about if you're if you're young and you're trying to <laughs> to get into the industry. I mean, money shouldn't yeah. be the the first thing on your mind. It's mm-hmm. it makes things a lot harder. Um, so just having that that degree of comfort from We Need Diverse Books, and then you know being connected to that community because they're always um, organizing events for alumni and making sure everyone's supporting each other. It's it's been I mean probably the most valuable resource outside of you know that first publishing family at Arthur Levine Books. I love that. So let's get specific. Mm -hmm. What kind of books are you looking for Mm -hmm. in your query inbox? What's going to make you sign a client? I mean, listen, like if you can make my heart race just by reading words on a page for any reason in any genre, I'm here for it. But I'm very excited about working with clients from communities that are historically underrepresented in publishing. I mean, in terms of trends for all of the authors of color, especially black authors, we've never really had a chance to ride the wave like that. Like, bring it back, bring back vampires, mermaids, paranormal romance, all of it. Like, I want to see it again, but from a different point of view. I want it. Yeah. And um, connecting that all back to my interning experience, um, I was with Arthur from... 2017 to 2019. Um, And then I assisted as he established Levine Corrido, uh, which was a lot. We were constantly traveling back and forth to New Jersey, trying to find a new new base. Um, Eventually, we ended up at the Children's Book Council here in New York. Um, But ALB and LQ are just dedicated to, you know, giving a platform to marginalized voices and stories. And I really plan to do the very same for my clients as I build my own list. Um, I was also like a Representation Matters mentee, which is a really, really good way for interns to get connected with both a senior editor and a junior level editor um, as like a mentorship. And I mean, diversity in children's lit is what I love. And it's also what I love to champion. Like I, <laughs> I will never shut up about it. So this is, this doesn't really feel like work to me. Oh my gosh. Well, that you're in the right place then because, you know, they say do a job you love or that you would do for free. I don't, (laughs) I'm not good with platitudes and old (laughs) adages. Oh, that's really exciting. So do you have particular genres that you're looking for or a particular structure? I mean, Obviously, great writing, great pacing, but um, anything a little bit more specific so for people to I, put in their grade. I really love like middle grade adventure, fast paced stuff. Um, and then I also like middle grade humor. If you can write something like um, Lisa Yee's Melissa Min, I would <laughs> love that. <laughs> I mean, that's like the model for me for middle grade humor. Um, I also really want some contemporary um, with, you know, accurate, well-researched depictions of any adolescent issues. Um, I really liked Challenger Deep by Neil Schusterman, um, which he, I think he co-wrote it with his son who has schizophrenia. um, And it was just like such beautiful lyrical writing um, and a great story. So definitely something like that would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, in a young adult mystery, 
because I haven't seen too many that I really, really liked. I mean, there's like the Parker inheritance, but I, yeah, when I try to think about that, I don't have anything that jumps out at me. So I want to find the next really good, really engaging mystery for YA. I went back recently on, uh, I had Jen Bennell, formerly of Penguin, Mm -hmm. on an episode of the podcast, and she talked about the Westing game. And I was like, oh, man, that's from the 70s. Like, I don't think I've ever even, or the 80s, I don't think I've ever even read it. But I was so hungry for a YA mystery mm-hmm. that I went back and I read The Westing Game. And it's, it holds up. It's really good. Love it. Wait, I have to yeah. read it now. The, the mystery is, is quite engaging and good. Huh. And I want to see a modernized twist on that. I, yes. So I'm excited for all of these clients that you're going to find. <laughs> Um, since we are a literary agency and queries is not the backbone of what we do, uh, but queries are an important part of our day-to-day process. Um, I usually, when we have clients on, I like to be all cheeky and say, oh, we're turning the queries around on you. Um, however, I don't know. You could just consider this a warm up for your query inbox. Um, so we're going to do a quick query corner where Mm -hmm. I just shoot some really quick questions at you. Um, and we, I'm excited to see your answers. Um, so first one's going to be a really softball coffee or tea coffee in the morning, tea in the afternoon. Oh, me too. I love that. Um, print ebook or audiobook. print ideally, but I live in a tiny apartment in New York. So it's usually ebook or audiobook. audiobook, especially right now, because it's hard to focus with so much going on. Um, yeah, audiobooks are just super immersive and I can't really let my mind wander. So that's good for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your one, I understand this is almost <laughs> impossible. What is your one desert island book? Honestly, I think it would have to be a picture book from the 80s called Hey Al. <laughs> <laughs> it's the strangest thing ever. Um, you have to read it. I gave a presentation on it when I was in college taking like a children's lit course. Um, (laughs) The reactions were very funny. It's a super weird book. It's a children's book, not even featuring a child. It's like a middle-aged man and his dog. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But I love it. Yeah, it's great. I would definitely take that. That's amazing. And now I have to look that up. I've never even heard of that. Uh, what is your favorite movie? Oh, my favorite movie. I think it still has to be Spirited Away. Mm. Yeah. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have any pets? I don't currently, but I do a lot of fostering. I foster a lot of dogs at different organizations here in the city. And it's like, heartbreaking to watch them go but also when I get pictures of them with their new families it's just the best thing it makes me so happy oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if I could I don't know if I could after the first oh. one I was like never again <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh what are you reading right now what am I reading oh um I'm reading cemetery boys right now mm-hmm 
Yes, I've heard so many good things. I just started it. I can already tell that I'm going to love it. Like, <laughs> I'm very excited about this. Yes, I love that book. Um, what has been your most unexpected quarantine coping mechanism? Hmm. I guess helping my dad bake. <laughs> Since he's usually working, he doesn't have the chance to cook, so he's like gotten very adventurous with his baking. <laughs> he recently made cream puffs. <laughs> Whoa. And we're we're super proud. We sent pictures to everyone. <laughs> Rightfully so. I can't imagine that being easy. I mean, it's calming. It's a lot of fun. Oh, and I'm sure the eating also helps make it awesome. I mean, I won't say it's the best part, but. (laughs) Uh, Since you mentioned traveling, you mentioned um, going to school in Italy. Mm -hmm. Um, What is your favorite city that you've ever been to? Hmm. I I went to Amsterdam for not even a full day and I loved it. I I tried to explore every single place possible. Um I was pretty much just sprinting around the city with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to go back at some point and like take a second and enjoy it. But I really liked it. I loved how friendly the people there were. I loved like the diversity of people there too. Um, it was great and it was so beautiful. Oh my gosh. Did you get to the Anne Frank house? How do you sprint through that? <laughs> I didn't know, but I went to the Van Gogh museum and we did sprint through that. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. I could just see it now. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Best piece of advice. I think for publishing, it has to be trust yourself and your taste because Mm. yeah there's a lot of there are a lot of opinions constantly surrounding you um, and it's really really easy to get swayed by any of those especially if these are people who are in higher positions than you Um, so it took a while for me to say I know my own taste and I trust it and I'm going to go after books like that um, Mm. instead of just trying to trying to make sure that I'm modeling myself after someone else. So yeah, just making sure that I stay comfortable with what I know. And, you know, my preferences when I'm looking through submissions and all of that. Um, yeah, those make for the, the best books that you're the most passionate about. That is the greatest advice. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, since the one of the cornerstones of KT Literary is boundless optimism, mm-hmm. I always like to ask our guests at the end of each episode, what's making them happy this week? So what is that for you? This week? Well, like you already said, I open submissions. And <laughs> there are so many. <laughs> there are so many that I'm like, this is it. This is the one, um, oh. which is which is so surprising. I mean, I wasn't expecting to find anything so soon, but I'm just going through these and like, I've requested much more than I expected to. I read a full manuscript last night that I was like, uh, I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh, so, that's so exciting. Yeah, yeah, good things coming soon. I'm going to be excited about this, not just this week, but for the rest of my life. <laughs> 
Oh, Jazzy! I'm so excited for you. And I Thank cannot you. wait to read all of your clients' books because yes. I just have this sneaking suspicion that I'm going to adore every single one of them. I hope so. I think you will too. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This has been so much fun getting to know you a little bit. Of course. I had a great time. Thank you, Renee. Thank you so much for joining us today. You can help us welcome Jazz to the team on Twitter, and you can find a detailed list of the books she's looking for, along with her submission guidelines on ktliterary.com. Usually, this is the place where I ask you to rate, review, and subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. But I was thinking about how much podcast reviews are like book reviews. Every positive review increases visibility. So instead, I'm going to say, don't take your time to review this show. Instead, go to a book retail site and leave a five-star review for the last book you read and loved written by a Black author. Until next time, we'll see you on the acknowledgments page.